More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, Overcoming Conflict. If you are tired of arguments escalating, we're going to help you get your communication back on track. 877-573-7825. says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical, theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. Today's show is titled Fighting Fair. (laughs) I mean, is fighting ever fair? Well, if you're tired of arguments escalating, we're going to help you get your communication back on track. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. You know, I'm so glad we put the question mark on that, because for years, when this idea of fighting fair first came out, you know, I think we all got this idea of like, we we had to have every discussion by like particular rules. And we would have all been better off if a coach or a referee was in the room with us the entire time. Because how, as you said, Greg, do you really fight fair, according to the old precepts of how you did that? we're talking about is really being able to work out conflicts so that everybody has a plan, everybody feels like their needs are being met, so that we feel closer together and we're working together to fight to figure out our conflicts instead of dealing with them in a way that makes one of us the loser, one of us the winner, and makes both of us feel like we've been through a chipper shredder in the process. So how do you deal with conflict and disagreement in a way that helps you draw closer to the person instead of letting those conflicts tear you apart. 877-573-7825. Is conflict complicating your life and relationships? Do your attempts to address certain problems or disagreements always seem to end up in a fight? Maybe it seems like conversations with certain people always escalate. Or you're tired of arguing about the same things over and over. However, conflict is making your life less enjoyable, more, well, conflicted. (laughs) Let us help you find graceful ways to deal with disagreements, manage conflict, and find the solutions you're longing for. The number again, 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. So whether you've got sort of that constant nagging topic, you know, the one that you hope doesn't come up this time, you know, you're getting together with this family member and you're just saying, can we just avoid that? Can we just, I'm just not going to, I'm going to walk away from it. I'll excuse myself if I got to not do this with this person again. 
or I don't want to pay the bills this month because when we pay the bills, my spouse and I or my family and I, we all get, you know, frustrated with each other and it always escalates or whatever those topics may be that seem to always come up. Or if it's just recently, if you don't have a topic that always happens, but you seem to be in conflict with somebody in your life recently and you don't know what the heck to do about it so that you can make it work out and also give glory to God in the midst of all of this because isn't that part of this for those of us who are Catholic Christians that we know that when we're in the midst of a conflict with another person it's not just all about us or all about them there's a God who has a plan and a desire for goodness for both people or all the people in the conflict and he wants to be part of it and he wants us to behave in a way that actually gives him glory and allows the Holy Spirit in but boy when that emotional temperature goes up when that thing gets on your nerves it's hard to remember how to do that or invite God into it so if all that sounds like something that you might have some questions about well we are here for you today on more to life at 877-573 7825. That's 877-573-7825. I'm going to be sharing with you some common argument escalators in just a minute. But first, every day on More to Life, we reflect on St. John Paul's theology of the body, his reflection on what it means to be a godly person, a Christian person in the modern world. And Today, the theology of the body, I think, has some important insights on how we can manage conflict more effectively. Well, it does, of course, because the first thing it does is remind us that we're called to live in communion, communion with God and with each other. And ironically, because we live in a fallen world, building that communion requires us to learn to deal gracefully with conflict. Our natural human tendency is to either try to avoid conflict as much as possible even when we shouldn't and yes there are times we shouldn't or to get caught up in it and to fan the flames but neither of these choices are options for the Christian in fact both are sinful avoiding problems we could do something about is the sin of sloth escalating conflict needlessly is the sin of wrath fortunately when it comes to dealing with conflicts Christians do have a third option, to be peacemakers. And what does that really mean? Because I think, you know, again, most people think that being a peacemaker really means avoiding conflict, uh, staying out of the way. But to be a peacemaker is really to work to restore the right order that God desires in a situation. When conflicts arise, being a peacemaker doesn't mean just keeping a lid on things any more than it means unnecessarily escalating the tension. Being a peacemaker means starting disagreements by seeking God's wisdom and grace, entering into conflict with the intention of working for the good of everybody involved, including ourselves, and doing what we can to both encourage everyone involved in the conflict through the tension and toward godly solutions. A peacemaker doesn't run from conflict or fan the flames of conflict. Rather, the peacemaker is somebody who knows a lot of different ways to actively engage and extinguish the fire so that new life can spring up from the ashes. Now, that sounds great in theory, but you're not quite sure how to apply these ideas with that 
person, you know that person I'm talking about, <laughs> or that situation or topic that keeps coming up over and over again, we are here for you. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Is conflict complicating your life and relationships in some way? Do your attempts to address certain problems or disagreements always seem to end up in a fight? And let's face it, who isn't? It seems like everybody's itching for a fight these days. Oh, my goodness, it's everywhere. Does it seem like conversations with certain people always escalate? Maybe you're tired of arguing about the same things over and over without making any headway. Let us help you manage those conflicts gracefully and find those solutions you are longing for. Again, the number 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls in the name of the the Father, Father, and the the Son, and and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ. We come into your presence and we recognize that you are the source of all peace, especially the peace that this world cannot give. And Lord, as we deal with the conflicts and disagreements and arguments and differences of opinion that we experience with all the people in our lives, we certainly need that peace that can only come from you. And so, Lord, we bring those disagreements to you right now. We bring those conflicts, those arguments, all of those things that seem to separate us from those that you have placed in our life to love and be loved by. And we ask you, Lord, for the wisdom to not be afraid to engage in those conflicts, but to engage them in a way that encourage each other through the tension and toward solutions so that even as we are working through these arguments and disagreements and tensions, we can be peacemakers who help to restore the order you will for our lives and relationships. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, and and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, our show is titled, Fighting Fair? Is is it ever really fair when you're fighting? Well, let's talk about how to stop arguments from escalating. We are going to talk about getting your communication back on track. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. I mentioned uh, earlier that I was going to share some common argument escalators. Uh, There are 10 of them, actually. I'm not sure we'll get through all of them, but I want to give you some examples of common things that people do to perhaps unintentionally or unwittingly pour fuel on the fire. Well, let's talk about one of the first ones, and one that we fall into, a lot of us, especially when we just want to avoid conflict. And, And this escalator is the silent treatment or stonewalling someone on something. Yeah, and stonewalling is where, you know, you say something... Hey, I want to talk about this and such. And they go, hmm, mm-hmm, and then nothing, right? Can we talk about this and that? Oh, sure, yeah, whatever you want. You, you give either no answer or minimal answers that make it obvious that um, you don't want to talk about it and we're not going to talk about it, but you're not going to say that either. So you don't give that person any kind of a, a foothold. Or they don't give it to you. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and to move the conversation forward. 
Another example of a conf of an uh, argument escalator is invalidation, and that the basically where you say to the other person or they say to you um, that didn't happen or that's nonsense or that's not that serious or you just don't have a sense of humor or whatever it is you you instead of hearing the concern or the complaint you're trying to address they try to explain to you why you're crazy stupid or you know just just completely out of whack or not worth paying attention to is what the message really is it says i'm fine and as long as i'm fine whatever you're feeling whatever your experience of the situation was is invalid it doesn't matter to me and therefore i won't discuss it so it it actually employs some of that stonewalling in the midst of the invalid that's right sorry i didn't mean to step on you The, the 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 i want to clarify one thing though um Sometimes I run into this in counseling. People think that, that that clarifying is the same thing as invalidating. Like, so for example, if I come to you, Lisa, and I say you did this thing wrong, and you say I'm so sorry that it came off that way. All I meant to do was thus and such. Sometimes I'll have a client who says, "Well, that you just are, you're invalidating me because you're telling me that I didn't see it the right way." Mm. And that's not the same thing here. Cl- clarifying, giving new information that actually helps to bring new insights or to help us understand each other better is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But invalidating is where you say to the other person, "You don't be such an idiot. I can't believe that you would see it that way." Yeah, or what's well, wrong with you for being nonsense. upset? Yeah, so exactly. it's that cutoff again. It really incorporates that idea of stonewalling. It's not stonewalling in the sense that I have said nothing thing or just grunted at you or being been minimal it has words to it it has a reaction to it but it's one that says i'm shutting this down because you are invalid to me your whole argument your whole perspective i don't want to deal with you 877-573-7825 more to life Uh, we're dealing with the topic of fighting fair if there is such a thing how do we deal with conflict in a way that glorifies God and actually encourages each other through the tension and toward solutions. Another example of pouring gas in the fire, and this is an, probably an obvious one, antagonizing. And that's where instead of really trying to listen to each other, you, you just you, you, you react. You, you yell at the other person, you accuse them, uh, you, you, know, you, you're, you see yourself as a victim, so you lash out in some way that you know uh, may not move the conversation forward in any productive way, but it just feels good to get that off your chest because sure. you know because they because they hurt you and you're going to hurt them back again. And this can be you know you're you're saying it very much as as the you. So like yeah. our listener, if they find these patterns in themselves, but worse yet, if you're the victim of someone being antagonistic to you, how do you cope with that? A lot of us deal with people who every time we enter a room, every time we enter a conversation or anything with this person they're antagonistic towards us or they're antagonistic about the topic and we just feel like the rugs pulled out right from underneath us we just want to be normal people and have a normal conversation and whammo we're dealing with all of that attitude coming at us and that's really really disempowering and disconcerting and steals our peace from a lot of us 877-573-7825 we'll go over more of these argument escalators as we talk um, about conflict on today's program but right now let's take a call who's up first lisa we're talking with jacob who's listening to ewtn radio in wisconsin on real presence radio hi jacob well uh, welcome to more to life what's going on hey um uh, you guys you guys really hit it on the head with um you know having conflict with another individual and i just wanted to call and I'm having the same problem, you know, for the past 33 years, really, of my life with my twin brother. 
he's not really in a good place right now, and and uh, I think it's just getting worse. And I just I care for him. I love him. I want him to be at peace. And I just don't know. Well, give me an example of a of an exchange that might occur that that we could help you handle better. So anytime we're we're together, he'll it, it's almost like I, I'm better than you type of situation well give, give me an, an, an example of a, of a particular conversation or something that, that, that tends to come up over and over well let's walk through it here okay where he's at in his life and where i'm at in my life um he's trying to start a business he did it's kind of going up and down mm-hmm. and when he's up he's up but when he's down he's really really down so how does that and cause conflict no between matter, the two of you though like how, how will that well, you know, create an argument well no matter whether he's up He's, he's, he's putting me down. But when he's down, he's still putting me down. Like, like it, what would he say? It doesn't matter where he's at. Uh, it just bring up things from the past and um, in my life that have affected me in a negative way to glorify his himself. And then um, when he's doing really well, he'll just shove that in my face. And, and it's, a, it's, just a, it's a really weird exchange of emotions. You, you seem to be saying that no matter what state of emotion he's in or place he's in in his life, he's constantly antagonistic toward you. Right, right. So, so well, and let I'll, me ask you, Jacob. Have you how have you tried to address this with him so far? What what, um, what have you said to him, or what have you done? A lot of times, a lot of times I'll do that in like fear or, or in aggression, and sometimes I'll ignore him, and that that'll just make it even worse. Um, but when I turn on Christian music, it seems. To, mellows things out uh, well then that's a distraction least, um, but that's not really engaging him in any kind of an effective way so the, the first step when we're dealing with any kind of an offense with somebody you know is is to not wait for it to happen but to address it directly at some other time so you know it says you told our screener that when you guys are apart you're at peace but when you butt you butt heads when you're together i would ask you to take that time that you're apart to try to address this and I'd, I'd, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to send him uh, maybe a, a text or an email that says, hey, you know, I, I, I just wanted to touch base. I, I love you. And um, I, I know that when we get together, we tend to butt heads. And I, I'm not always sure why it is, but sometimes it seems like, you know, that, that I, I take the things you say in a way that, that, that says to me that you're trying to antagonize me in some way. And I'm not, I don't want to think that way about you. I don't want to feel that way. But, for example, when you said thus and such, it really made me feel like you were bringing up hurtful things from the past intentionally. Or when you said thus and such, this is what it meant to me. And I'd really like to be able to figure out, you know, what you meant by those things so that, you know, in the future, when they come up, we can handle it better. right? Or, or put it in your own words. But my point is, use the time that you're not together to work on the relationship, to say the next time we get together, you know, let's handle this differently. Another approach would be to say, you know, look, I know we don't agree on a lot of things, but I think we can agree that the last time we were together didn't go the way either of us would have wanted it to. You know, how I'd really like to talk about what we can do next time to make sure that we do get along, right, and actually have a conversation with him between times you get together that intentionally allows you to address the problems in the relationship. Because what we have a tendency to do is not bring things up until we're already in the middle of them, and that's the worst time to try to address it because we're, we are already surprised and already frustrated and already floundering. 
So I might, my, my suggestion to you, Jacob, would be, since most of your approach has been to either ignore it uh, or just lash out then, is to reach out to your brother now and start talking about the next time you guys get together and how to make that go better. We talk more about all this in God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. I'd encourage you to check that out. It's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. And we are taking your calls, listeners, at 877-573-7825 about dealing with conflict gracefully on our show today titled Fighting Fair. Is there such a thing? Well, eh, not really, because once you're fighting, it's, no fair, it's not fair anymore. But there is a graceful way to deal with conflict and to be a, an authentic peacemaker. Let's talk about what that looks like for you in your situation. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue right after the break. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks. <laughs> My uncle used to have slot machines. <laughs> Put one nickel in and it emptied. And I brought him home in a bag. And my mother looked at me. Where did you get all that money? I said, I won him. You didn't win him. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not. You know? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton some of our children. I'll tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And today's show is titled Fighting Fair as we talk about how to deal with conflict gracefully. 877-573-7825 is the number. Is conflict complicating your life and relationships? Do your attempts to address certain problems or disagreements always seem to end up in a fight? Are there certain people that you get into conversations with that always seem to escalate for some reason? Or maybe you're just tired of arguing about the same things over and over. Let us help you manage conflict gracefully. 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. We're talking now with Chris, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hey, Chris, welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you, sir? 
Well, I just want to comment on the radio show because I've been listening to it for, now, for, for a while now. But at any rate, uh, conflict. Uh, to me, I think conflict comes from uh, anger. And anger has its root in um, lack of trust, uh, several other factors. But at any rate, uh, I used to live my life in constant anger, in constant conflict with uh, a woman that I had married. And uh, it lasted for about five years, but it was the worst five years of my life. But then I found Jesus. I started applying those principles to my life. Now I still have conflicts, but I found the best way to get around the conflict is to uh, pray a lot and go to adoration. And I know, obviously, you know, and I think, and we, we actually said this earlier, that, that, that dealing with conflict gracefully means starting to address conflict with prayer and, and really spending some time with God, asking him how he wants us to deal with it. But let me ask you this, Chris, because one of the things that I run into a lot with people is that they, they say, okay, I have this conflict or I have this disagreement with somebody, I'm going to go take it to prayer. And what they mean by that is that they want to, they, they pray so they won't be angry anymore, which is fine. But they don't actually pray to to, how, to figure out how to address that conflict productively with that person. So when you take this to prayer, when you go to adoration, do you leave with some kind of plan for going back to that person and addressing it gracefully? Well, when I go to adoration, I put it in God's hands. I let Him handle it. Yeah, no, but that's that's no. See, that's I want I want to challenge you on that, okay? Because what that is, there there's a difference between putting it in God's hands and reneging on our responsibility to deal with the problems in our life. Okay. As I was saying before, uh, the sin of sloth is not laziness. It is the sin of not handling problems that we ha we could do something about. If I, if I could do something about a problem and I choose not to, that is the sin of sloth. And if I just putting it in God's hands and well, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. That's not what God wants us to do. We put something in God's hands. Here's a metaphor I like to use. Okay, so if if you're a kid and you're and you're struggling with your homework. So when I was a kid, I I hated math, right? And I I just couldn't. I had math anxiety, and I and I, I would always freak out, right? So um, I would you know go to my parents. I would say, help me, right? But I wanted them to do the math problems for me, right? But they wouldn't do that. They would sit there with me and they'd make me do them, but they 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 walk through it with me they'd help me out they'd ask me questions that would prompt me they'd help me develop the skills so if what happens a lot of times we want god to do our homework for us we take our conflicts to prayer and we say okay god you handle this now i put it in your hands you do my math homework but god doesn't want to do that he gives it back to us and he says i want you to deal with these problems let me help you Right, so my challenge to you, Chris, is you're doing the first step right, which is by all means, take that conflict to prayer. But the next step is to say, God, how do you want me to handle this? Help me be a peacemaker, an instrument of peace that allows me to go into those situations and deal with those conflicts well, that provides the solutions you're seeking. Are mobile phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies, and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold, or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. 
Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing. Practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent. When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Lisa Popcheck. God wants us to have a great marriage. It may be hard to believe that. After all, a great marriage only benefits my spouse and me, right? Wrong. God truly does want you to have a great marriage because your marriage is not just about you. God wants to change the world through your marriage. Marriage is a vocation, a ministry, a way that we live out God's grace in the world. He blesses others and calls them to him through marriages. When you actively work on having the best marriage and family life possible, you give God the opportunity to tell the world that love that is freely given, total, faithful, and fruitful is actually possible. And it's a path to true joy. Your witness to love can and will change the world. For more tips on how to have a God-centered marriage, visit moretoliferadio.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, we're talking about fighting fair, if there is such a thing. How do we deal with conflict gracefully in ways that don't allow us to ignore the problem on the one hand, but also don't let us pour gas on the fire on the other? If you are in conflict with somebody, or there's a particular topic that always leads to conflict in your life, or there are certain people you can't talk to without things escalating and you're not sure what to do about it, let's figure it out together. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Renee, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. Hi there, Renee. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I, I'm having a conflict with my daughter, um, she was married in a Catholic church, and she was married for seven years, and um, we have three grandchildren, and um, she uh, recently got divorced, and she wants to get on with her life, 
And, and when you say get on with her life, you I'm, mean move into another relationship? That, yes, yes, okay. move in another relationship. And um, I, Was I she dating this person while she was still going through the divorce? This I, I, I can't confirm. I don't know. I have a feeling that uh, this person may have been involved in, in her decision-making on the divorce. and they That she might have been having an affair is what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so when you say so, you can't confirm I, that, like what, what, what? what well, I, I, can't, I didn't, I didn't come out and directly ask her if that's what happened uh, with the relationship, with her, her um, breakup. But I, I knew, I know they, they had issues, serious issues when they were married, that I hoped that she could have resolved okay. um, with, you know, counseling or mm-hmm. um, rehab for the spouse, and the spouse didn't feel like he had an issue. So, Her husband was an alcoholic. You mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. So, okay. and he, he's sporadic. It's not all the time. So I felt that it could be something that could be resolved. But then, mm-hmm. as, as I thought about it too, that maybe it was the fact that um, he wasn't happy with the marriage, and that was causing the drinking at times. But right. So, so where, where do things stand now, and what can we help you with today? So, so, so I wanted her to to get back to the faith too. I mean, you know, my. My children have fallen away from the faith. They believe in God, but they don't believe that they need to go to church and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm not a, the greatest role model either. I mean, I was I was divorced when they were really young, but I never remarried, and I tried to do the best I could, you know, with catechism and all that. Um, but when I talk to my daughter, she automatically just gets um, in a rage. Well, ta- really... ta- talk to me about how you talk to your daughter. Like, how does it come up, and well, what do you say? I say to her, you know, you know, there's the, I try to remind them of the Ten Commandments. I said, you know, in order to get to heaven, you know, we need to follow the Ten Commandments. I said, it's important to, you know, take these things seriously. I said, the mortal sin. Okay, so and, you're approaching, the, so here, here's the problem. Your heart's in the right place, okay, and you're not technically wrong. But here, but the problem is that the way you're approaching this is you're, you're telling her, right, that she's breaking rules that she doesn't care about. Right, so you know she she hasn't been going to church. Her faith really isn't important to her, um, and you kind of you know telling her that hey, there are these rules that you need to follow, um, you know, kind of misses the point because one, she doesn't care about them, and two, that just makes her feel judged by you, which pushes you even further away. Um, the other thing that's sort of a hint here is when you say you know I I I didn't ask if she was having an affair that that says to me that you guys aren't terrifically close in the first place and that she doesn't open up to you about very much because if you guys had a really close relationship you you know what was going on you wouldn't necessarily she would come and confide in you through all of this right so we've got two problems here um so number one it's going to be really important to be working on your relationship with your daughter and actually making it a healthier and stronger relationship and not just one where where you've turned her into a project where she's something to fix instead of a, a, a child to love and I know you love her. I know you do. But but I think but that often as parents, we jump in and we're so busy trying to fix things pretty much from the minute they're born that we continue that into their adulthood and we don't really connect with them the way they need us to so that we can disciple them rather than just fix their problems, which to them feels like fixing them. So so step one right now is looking for ways that you could be with her that she would welcome. And I don't want you to worry that you're enabling her right now. The, the whole point of it is just to be in relationship with her and, and, and to let her know that you love her and that you want to be somebody that she can come to to talk to and to confide in because 
that is how the Holy Spirit works through us. People open up their hearts to us, and we're praying while they're talking to us, and we're looking for opportunities to, to be a blessing to them and, and to draw them closer to us and to God. But it starts by investing in the relationship first and not just assuming you have a better relationship than you do uh, and preaching, right, which is sort of what you're doing. Um, the second thing is when you talk about this, again, she doesn't care about the rules. She doesn't really care about being Catholic or going to church or, or any of that doctrinal stuff. Um, you might have taught it to her intellectually, but she's rejected it. Um, and so approaching her from that frame is not going to do you any good. What you want to do if you want her to really look at this, and I agree with you that she's really being unhealthy about this approach. And, uh, you know, people who you have affairs tend to be terrible at dealing with conflict. They tend to be terrible at identifying their own needs and communicating those needs directly. They, they tend to be terrible at, at kind of managing their own feelings. And so what they do is they use another relationship to self-medicate for that depression or for those deficits in themselves. Uh, and those relationships almost always end up being uh, failing as well. So the, the, you know, you, it says on the board here, you want her to get an annulment and follow the church's teachings. You need to talk to her. You need to use kind of relational language on why that's the best way to say to her, look, honey, I know that you've been through, you know, well, to use a word Lisa was using earlier, the chipper shredder yeah. lately. Um, and the reason that the church asks us to take some time to go through that annulment process is because when we're hurting, we have a tendency to just reach out whatever we think is going to feel make us feel better right now without really taking the time to think about what do I need to do differently to get a better result next time. And, you know, if, if the marriage was invalid, it's because the people in it didn't go into it either with the skills that they needed to make a Christian marriage work or with the intention to make a Christian marriage work. And both of those things could potentially stop her from having a healthy relationship moving forward. And because you love her and want the best for her and want her to have that godly love in her life, it would be important, you know, for her to take some time to just reflect, to pray, to to be, to learn to be strong on her own, to learn to identify her feelings and to identify her needs and learn how to communicate those things well. To heal some of the wounds that happened through the conflict and the addiction that her husband was, was going through and that were never addressed and healed in a just way. So she has, you know, the other thing is to come to her in this relational way and say, if you love this other man in your life, he deserves to have the best, most whole and healed you. And taking this time to go through the annulment process, go through some counseling, really heal this situation so that the you're not just using him to heal your pain or distract from the pain you went through, and that you can be as complete a person to him as you need to be so you're not making the same mistakes for yourself or for him again do you know if she's feeling just rushed because she wants to get rid of this pain saying to her this would make it better for him as well this would make it better for both of you no. is a way to really explain why you really want this for her yeah. because you want her to be completely healed and whole and happy and i don't think she's going to like that message but i think she's not going to be enraged by that message and the, and the reason is because you know you come at somebody with well you're breaking the rules um, and even if you're technically correct you know they just feel judged and they feel excluded and they feel rejected if you go to them and say, look, I love you and I want the best for you and this is why I'm asking you to take a pause 
and to do what the church says and really reflect on what went wrong in that other relationship so that moving forward you can receive all the love that God wants for you and that I want for you. Again, she may not like that, but she's, it's a lot easier to swallow that message than, you know, you're breaking the rules and you're going to go to hell, especially for a person who doesn't really believe in either. Well, and I, I really want for all of our listeners to, to be reassured of something. The church doesn't make arbitrary rules. The church puts guidelines in place, requirements in place, and real discipleship in place to say, this is what leads you to not only being the holiest, but also the physically, emotionally, and spiritually most healthy and happy. This is what's going to heal your relationships as much as possible here in this world and draw you into a complete relationship with God now and forever and lead you into that communion of saints now and forever. The church has our well-being in place in all the guidelines and guidances it gives us. Well, yeah, I mean, when you, when you think about morals, again, we always think about rules, but as you're, as you're pointing to, Lisa, you know, what people don't appreciate is that everybody wants to be happy, everybody wants to be healthy, right? And in the Judeo-Christian tradition, there's been a 4,000-year-old conversation and prayerful reflection on what does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to live a full life? What does it mean to have healthy relationships? So we don't have to figure it out for ourselves. We can look to that 4,000-year-old conversation that is condensed into certain rules that, you know, kind of provide those guidelines. But the guidelines don't exist for themselves. They exist for the bigger picture. So when we're trying to explain those rules to other people, you kind of have to step back and say, how do those rules serve our health and our happiness and our abundance and our well-being? And especially, and if you're talking to somebody who doesn't share your faith or has rejected it, start there, right? Start with those relational and health and and and, and personal and you know, emotional benefits to quote unquote following the rules and explain it from that direction. You're always going to get a, a better reception from that. But don't just launch into a dialogue on that or more more like just a speech on that, build this relationship with her so that you're doing things together that build a relationship so she can see you're invested in her and not just this particular yeah. situation. It's our job as, a, as parents of adult children to, to, to continue to disciple our adult children, not lecture them. Thanks for the call, Renee. 877-573-7825. We're talking about conflict on our show titled fighting fair if conflict is complicating your life or relationships and you're looking for effective ways to encourage all the parties involved in that conflict through the tension and toward a graceful solution give us a call at 877-573-7825 and as we head out to our break it's time for our scripture of the day a short and sweet one from ephesians 4:26. be angry but do not sin I like that. And well, and, and uh, what it points back to, again, is, are the twin temptations that we talked about earlier in the program between sloth and wrath. Okay, um, Be angry, but do not sin. When we get angry, we have a tendency naturally to fall into one of two sinful responses. We either avoid the thing and say, I'm not going to deal with that. And that's sloth. Because when we could do something about a problem but choose not to, we are offending God because God has given us abilities to build the kingdom and be peacemakers. And when we say, I'm not going to, I just, I'm just not going to do it. I can't even. <laughs> right? When we say that, we are refusing the invitation the Holy Spirit is giving us to build his kingdom 
and to be peacemakers. On the other hand, when we let conflict draw us in and cause us to pour gas in the fire and make it burn even brighter, then we're giving into the sin of wrath. Right? So be angry, but do not sin, as St. Paul says in Ephesians 4.26, is all about recognizing that the root of anger is injustice. We see a problem. And that, and that anger is perfectly fine to feel. There is such a thing as righteous anger. But we bring that anger to God, and, then, and we don't just leave it there and pretend that, oh, God's going to work it out for us. We say, God, teach me how to respond to this in a way that will glorify you, help me work for the good of everyone involved, and make me be my best self. Make me your instrument of peace in this situation that I might bring your grace to the world. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with more of your calls about conflict on the other side of this break. Ciao, amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tamio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. While we desperately need a return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. We're just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. World. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't, can't wait, wait to, to see, see you there. there. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled Fighting Fair. If you're tired of your arguments escalating or conflict complicating your life, we're here to help. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Mike, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Kentucky on iHeartRadio. Hi, Mike. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Well, um, 
I, in some ways, I kind of feel like it's almost like a moot point at this, at this juncture. But there was a, I was engaged and recently broke off, and the problem was it's like when it, we had a series of arguments over a course of a month, and unfortunately, at, they would seem to escalate just mainly because her reaction is to kind of shut down. She doesn't want to talk about anything. She wants to process it herself, and then that would kind of leave me on the outside, I'm, I, and I'm more of a fixer. I wanted to talk about the problem, mm-hmm. get it solved, but, you know, figure out just, what just we need Let to me do. ask you a clarifying question here, Mike. To, so, mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, so um, would would she take time to process it and then come back and talk about That's it? exactly what I wanted. Ask. Or would she just want to oh. figure it out by herself and never talk about it? It's, it's actually kind of a little bit of both. Uh, because at one point early on, she kind of accused me of being controlling because I wanted to talk about it. But then I pointed out, like, what she's doing is the epitome of controlling because she shut down for, like, two weeks where okay. I I would try to, like, send her text messages and she would probably respond to about 25% of them. Oh, so she and, didn't just no. shut down on the problem. She shut down on you and the relationship until she you know, brought her emotional temperature down and then everything would work yeah. out after that. That's Free, very different. Yeah, freezing you out is different from processing things on her own. That's that's a whole different thing. But let me but let me ask what's what's the question you're you're asking? So I want to make sure I don't get I, get thrown off track I've here. I've just been you know trying to like the relationship. She ended the relationship and I'm still mm-hmm. wanting I would like for us to I feel like our what we had was definitely worth salvaging. And I've tried, I've been like going, rehashing everything, trying to figure out if there's sure. anything I could have done. Then there might have been good things about the relationship, but I, I'm going to encourage you to run, not walk away from this woman. Um, she's just not healthy enough to have a healthy relationship with you. Because, look, here's the thing. There, there are different arguing styles, and one of them is a more avoidant style. They all, can, they, And each of these arguing styles can be healthy or unhealthy, depending on certain factors. The, the main factor being, do they get the job done? Um, but so what she what she's exhibiting is more of what we might call an avoidant arguing style. Uh, and now what healthy people who have a more avoidant arguing style will do is they'll say, look, I need some time to think and pray about this. Let's come back at thus and such time and talk more. Like actually make an appointed time and say, this is when I want to be able to talk about it. But just let me go through my process first. And then they also won't completely disconnect from right. you while you know, they do. In the meantime, they, 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 you know, they're still doing things with you. you know, Reassuring you that you. the relationship is fine, but they're just trying to work through this particular issue or problem that they're having. You know, and then you come back and you work it out. You know, they, they needed some time to just kind of think through it, but they, they're still taking taking care of the relationship, they're still being engaged, uh, and then then you finally do have the conversation. Um, what, what your girlfriend was doing was something very, very different, where she would get angry and she couldn't control herself and didn't want to be around you and didn't want to talk about it. And she, What that sends the message is that I will only be loving with you or in love with you when things are going well. And if they're not going well, then the whole relationship is in question. And, and that's, that's a terrible way to have to live with somebody. It's not only a terrible and very unhealthy part of a relationship, but honestly, Mike, it's a little narcissistic and controlling. 
it's a little manipulative because she knew that you were waiting, that you were trying to text her, that she had you on a, an emotional hook and she would wait just long enough to reel you in and then give you enough to put you back in the relationship, but she never really had to work on any of her stuff or any of the relationship stuff, and she was staying in control of everything and manipulating you. And that's why Greg is saying, don't. Don't go back to, oh, some of this relationship was really great. Move on asking God to let you have the wisdom you've learned about this woman's relationship style and how that was toxic for you in the relationship and help you find a relationship in the future where somebody's willing to work on conflict with you if they don't know how, willing to get into some counseling with you to figure it out. But you deserve to learn from what you learned here and move on to something really healthier now one other thing you said uh, you said that you're a fixer and i know that there are a lot of listeners who are going to say well that's just what men are yeah that's a um, real label that gets stuck on and there. all right f- fair enough men men tend to want to address the problem but but you you kind of described something that went beyond that and I'm, I'm concerned that actually you have what's called an anxious attachment style which means that it, you believe that it's your job to uh to fix every problem even the problems that you, either you can't fix or that aren't your responsibility to fix and honestly she probably tuned into that and that's why she would do this sort of bait and hook thing where i I'm, I'm going to go away and work this out and then just string you out on it people with an anxious attachment style were raised in households growing up where where you know they weren't abusive or or bad homes at all but but maybe affection was a little stingy um, that approval was not, was not generally offered generously, that you kind of had a, the, the parents were either distracted uh, or had their own problems or didn't believe that being affectionate or uh, affirming was a good thing. And so the kids have to jump through hoops to get it. Uh, and what, what happens when you grow up in a household like that, you learn as an adult that it's your job to make other people love you, as, even when they don't have the capacity to love you the way you deserve to be loved. Uh, and that's what translates into being, quote-unquote, a fixer a lot of the time, especially in the kind of dynamic that you have here, where your your girlfriend was avoidant, where she would just stay away from I- the conflict and you, and then you would have to jump through hoops to try to prove to her that that uh, that you could talk to her uh, or that it was, you know, that you could address the problem. And you you've, you know, reframe that as being a fixer, but that's not really being a fixer at all. That's 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 you having to do a little dance to get her to come back around and pay attention to you and, and work things out and get her to love you again. You know, in a healthy relationship, again, somebody who might have a more avoidant arguing style, but but they're going to say, look, um, I just need some time to kind of think and pray about this. I promise we'll come back to it. Let's pick a time here to do that. And in the meantime, they, they still go out on, you know, walks with you. They still text you back. They still reassure you that they love you. They just, they just need a little bit of space to figure this out. Um, and they're maintaining the relationship. That's not what happened here. So again, going back to the first thing I said, run, don't walk away from this relationship. As painful as that is, and as much as you're going to need to allow yourself to grieve it, you need to grieve it and go on to find a healthier person. My suggestion to you for a follow-up would be to, to pick up a book by Tim Clinton called Attachments, which is all about these attachment styles, and especially this anxious attachment style I was describing to you, you're going to need to heal some of those wounds before you're going to be able to find a healthy person to build a life with. Thanks so much for the call, Mike, and I hope that this advice will give you some steps to take moving forward. That's all the time we've got for today's program. Thank you so much for tuning in and allowing us to walk with you on this part of your journey. If you're struggling with conflict and you're looking for more resources, check out the books we mentioned on today's program, available at catholiccounselors.com, especially God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People, and How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. 
Those resources and lots of others are available for you at catholiccounselors.com, where you can also learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's telecounseling practice and work with a faithful professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, or personal life. Again, learn more at catholiccounselors.com. I hope that you have a blessed day, and remember, with God's grace, there is so much more to life. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.